0: The Profit Constructors presents Construction Junction, the junction between accounting and construction. Please welcome our host, Tanya Schulte.
1: Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Construction Junction podcast. My name is Tanya Schulte, I am your host. I am so excited to be sitting here chatting with you about a subject that I'm still learning but is very much near and dear to my heart. And the reason that it's near and dear to my heart is that it is something that we help our clients with on a regular basis. And the more that I become attuned to helping them do it and the more that we help our clients with this process, the more that I see their businesses grow the more happy I see our client owners be to be business owners, and the more value I think our team at The Profit Constructors is bringing to the table for our clients. What is the subject that we're gonna be talking about today? You may ask. It is cash flow. Everyone I'm sure has heard the old adage, cash is king, and there is no better way of putting the fact that if we don't have cash, everything else is pretty much going to go down the drain, right? If we can't pay the bills, we're going to have to shut the doors. And if we have to shut the doors for a lot of small business owners, that means saying goodbye to our dreams. I am a small business owner myself. And so this is a subject that's important and near and dear to my own heart for my business. And like I said, it's even doubly so important to me and a subject that I enjoy talking about because it's important to our clients, to the people that we advise, day in and day out. And those people are people that I truly care about. I don't wanna see their dreams go down in flames. And I do want to see them build better businesses. Here in the construction industry, we talk about all the time at the Profit Constructors and on Construction Junction Roundtable, that within this industry, what we're doing is building America. And if we give ourselves the very best tools, whether that be through analytics, whether that be through apps that we're using, um, whether that be through workflows and processes and procedures, when we provide ourselves with the best tools, we get to continue doing that, building America to the best of our ability. It's sad to me when I see smaller businesses not really grasping a hold of some of these concepts and putting them to good use Growing their businesses. It's sad when I see them having to close their doors, never having really reached their full potential. So, today we're going to talk with our expert, Martha, who I consider to be the cash flow queen. Um, she's a friend of mine. I know her through my roundtable group that I participate in, but she and I also have met in person and we are friends. And so, I don't know any other way to put that. I really enjoy spending time with Martha and I think she's a fantastic advisor and really good at what she does and honestly she's one of the first people that I turn to when I'm just not sure what is the next step to take when it comes to understanding and managing cash flow because she really has an inside track and knows best processes for how we can accomplish that so we're going to talk to her we're also going to talk to Joe Kerlin of Deer Valley Plumbing. He is a client that we have helped address some cash flow issues. But as with anything in this industry, we can always do it better, right? We are always in the process of process improvement. We can always make something better. And today, what we're going to be talking about is how can we make our cash flow processes better? What's a good place to start? How do we um, begin to sort of look at cash flow in a new way, change our paradigms, change our thought flows around what we're supposed to be doing in our business. um, And through that, be able to then um, grow the business, make the business better, and truly uh, take some of the burden off of a business owner. Because once you're no longer concerned every day about, can I pay this bill? Can I make payroll? When those burdens are lifted off of the shoulders, of small business owners, it's an amazing thing to see. And in our firm, the Profit Constructors, we've seen it time and time and time again where the shackles fall off, the burden is lifted, and suddenly you enjoy running your construction business again. You're excited to get up in the morning and go to work and your business grows, thrives, and contributes to the community in an amazing way. So with all of that said, no more introduction. We're gonna take a quick break and then we're gonna come back and talk about how to actually understand cash flow, put some strategies in place that you can start with today to use to make it work and how you could make your business better.
0: Hey, are you an accountant or bookkeeper in deep on the construction industry niche? Or maybe you're just thinking about throwing your hat in the ring. We here at Construction Junction also host a round table over at Roundtable Labs, just for construction types like you. This isn't a workshop or seminar, instead we dive deep into the issues faced in this niche and the firms that serve them. We tackle topics together by crowdsourcing our experiences and areas of expertise. We also support each other when things get tough. Think of it as a cross between a mastermind and support group for financial types that you didn't know you needed. So if you're looking to build better construction clients as you build a better accounting business, give us a try.
1: Well, as I said, I get to be here today with my colleague and friend, Martha Yasso. So thank you so much, Martha. Uh, thank for you, Tanya. And you are with Yasso Bookkeeping, which is your own business that you started. How many years ago did you start that? It's about seven years ago now. Awesome. Went Great. fast. I know. So this month will be our 6 year anniversary here at The Profit Constructor. So it's crazy how quickly it goes. Yeah, Uh, blown away by that. Okay, so we kind of uh, we touched on uh, in the intro. So hopefully people watched that, uh, how your business came to be. Um, Let's dive right off into the cash flow stuff, because you and I've talked about this before. Mm -hmm. I'm learning about cash flow. And I, um, as people say, sometimes I feel like I know just enough to be dangerous (laughs) to help people manage their cash flow. But you know a lot, and you've been doing this for a long time, and I I often think of you when I think of uh, Martha, I'm like, oh, cash flow queen, she's the one to ask all these cash flow questions, so I love that. Um, What would you say is the number one reason that companies, you know, we're, this podcast specifically for construction companies, and I think we can dive in there a little bit more, but why should companies in general be concerned about cash flow to begin with?
2: In general? Number one, it's the phrase that we've heard so many times. It's the cash flow that ruins businesses, even profitable businesses. What goes wrong? They can't pay their bills. Why can't they pay their bills? They have the money at the wrong time. So that's the generalized. Yeah. Uh, when I think about the construction industry, and I was really excited about this, one of the biggest hurdles in the construction industry is
0: labor costs.
2: Yes. You can't put off paying your employees. Right. That's gotta get done. And it's not like you can adjust the terms in midweek of what your terms of employment are. Right. That doesn't happen. So you have to have that money on the date, ready to go and funded. So what's the most important element of cash flow in
1: construction
2: labor costs and payroll.
1: Absolutely. And uh, for folks who've never really thought about it before, like if they're a smaller construction company, maybe things are flowing really well, they're just doing smaller uh, jobs. Where that really comes into play as businesses grow and as they begin to take on those larger jobs mm-hmm. a lot of companies try to go from a smaller sort of mom and pop concern if you will up to what we call like our tagline is helping you run with the big dogs but when those companies start to try to run with the big dogs what they fail to realize is that if they're going to go out and do work for some large general contractor or for a large uh, owner if they are the general contractor they are going to be doing some some building for some larger companies they are going to submit a draw, they will not get paid on that draw the next day. Sometimes they will not get paid on that draw for 30, 60, 90, 120 days. That's right. So that cash that you're like, you're talking about labor and payroll, all the people in the field still have to be paid. Where does that cash come from? And so managing that is paramount. Absolutely. Um, what, so we can talk about, let's, let's dive in more on that. I have some more questions and then we'll get to that, but. <laughs> As a construction company, like if you are at that point, where like, okay, we wanna take on these larger jobs. What are some first steps that you would say to them, Martha, in terms of like, okay, how are you gonna fund payroll? How would you tell them to even start thinking along those lines?
2: So the first thought I have as a finance person and what I would do for say my own construction project at home, which I did build my own house, I sat down and I plotted out the expenses and I didn't just plot out the expenses. I did it by phase of the job itself. Mm -hmm. When I had to order appliances, when did I have to give my first prepayments to my contractor so he could buy the lumber and get the foundation poured? and i mapped it out so that my savings account which i had a special savings account just for the job because that's what i do mm-hmm. i uh, i knew when i could pull from that account mm-hmm. and i would know how much i had to pull from that account and then when that account got low i knew i had to refund it somehow right. but I also had a home equity line of credit because if I wasn't going to be able to make it, I could hit that line of credit. But I also knew
1: I could pay that line of credit back in a week. Right. So a lot of huge things that are going into there are things that we're we are consistently helping our clients do, right? Like in order for most of our clients to go to a bank and say, I'd like to establish a line of credit their books have to be in order yes so step one get your house in order step two make sure that you are able to tap into capital usually in the construction space that's going to be through a line of credit and then step three build your own capital um our team often helps uh clients work through what a lot of people call like the profit first style of yep. and so um, when there's an account, if you if you've ever read Profit First, they suggest that you set up an account called Profit. Well, as we're yep. working with our construction clients, we'll set up an account. We call it Profit, but I always say to our clients, we're going to consider this your internal line of credit. Yep. So whereas you have the line of credit from the bank, we're going to keep renewing that. We want you to be, have access to that capital just in case. In the meantime, you're going to build up enough savings that you probably won't have to touch that. That's the goal.
2: And that's a great way to phrase it as an internal line of credit.
1: Yes. Yeah. Phenomenal. It changes the thinking. Right. And that's huge. Yeah. And I think it's great because uh, we've even talked to several of our clients. If they have to pull out of that profit or internal line of credit account, whatever we've called it, if they pay it back to themselves, we have them pay it back with interest, just like they would on a line of credit. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That's great. Because it hurts a little bit. It hurts cash flow just a little bit and it reminds you like, hey, it's better, you know, like let's keep this flowing, let's let's work on cash flows that are gonna be a little yep. better. That's awesome. So what impact, Martha, have you seen that businesses, what impact has it had on businesses when they're not managing this cash flow correctly? Oh, they when
2: the need to write the check and When you don't have that money, I used to do junk bond analysis. Um, Toys R Us was one of the companies that I used to watch. You can't tell me there isn't demand for toys. Right. The problem there is they didn't have the cash when their bills came due. Yeah. Um, And actually, it was just very large loans that they had that they had to pay. And they did have cash; they just didn't have it
1: on the right date.
2: And that's all it took. They were done.
1: I'm so glad that you brought that up because it, I think in some ways that can be encouraging to folks that are listening to the podcast, right? Like just small or even mid market size businesses are not the only ones that have to deal with this problem. Large corporations can mismanage cash flow to their detriment. So learning how to do this isn't for the faint of heart and it's not something that just everybody knows.
2: Nope. No. Oh, no. <laughs>
1: Do. And the first time they go to do
2: it, they get this blank face and the just the fear that you can see on their face or the, gee, I have no clue what I'm doing. Yeah. And, and that's normal because yes. you don't know how to do it until you start trying and practicing. Now, the risk is a lot higher because you're talking about a business and with small businesses, you're talking about families. Right. And livelihoods and so it's nice to have an advisor at your side saying I can help you through this, you know don't worry about it well worry about it, but you don't have to do it alone
1: right. yeah one other thing I want to touch on that you said earlier, when you were talking about how you managed the building of your own home um, and another thing that. Uh, the profit constructors, and i'm sure you are helping clients do all the time is better budgeting. Right. Oh, yes. So in our uh, in terms of things, that's like budgeting and estimating is so key, like not a lot of times I see contractors go out and they're very good at this. Don't get me wrong. They're very good at kind of going out, eyeballing the project and putting together an estimate for the client. Yep. What they often forget to do is create that cost budget as well. Right. And so budgeting costs first and then using that to inform your estimate is key. Um, But another thing that's happening right now, uh, as you know, is the fluctuation of costs in the marketplace. Um, So when we're thinking about that, what advice would you give to a client who is saying, I've been budgeting and I'm trying to budget. How do I account for those outside factors? How can I budget and understand what's going to, you know, not not that I don't have a crystal ball. I don't know what's going to happen in two months, but how do I account for that and try to make my budgeting better?
2: So there's one thing about a budget, many people seem to think that a budget, once you write it, it's done. No. The thing about a budget is you can change it, you yeah. can tweak it. Um, and that's okay. That's okay. So go ahead and tweak it, yeah. sit down and, and understand, You know, change that cost for say, Lumber. I don't know about you guys, but I'm just outside New York city. A year ago, you couldn't get lumber at all. Right. You just had to sit and wait. So, um, you know, the prices just skyrocketed. Yeah. Now, if you were listening to the news and found out about the supply chain of lumber, I mean, Uh, i'm not in construction day in day out anymore but i'm listening to the news to find out what's going on with prices in general guaranteed your contractors know what's going on with with prices go ahead and change your budget right adjust it right and it it might impact the size of the job or maybe the timing of the job but it's kind of like, I don't want to say a jigsaw puzzle because they fit nicely. Have you ever done one of those puzzles where you can slide the pieces yes. around?
1: Yes.
2: You still have all of your pieces, but you've got to slide them around. It'll work. It's just going to look different
1: than what you originally thought.
2: Yeah. And that's okay.
1: A couple of things I'll throw out there. I think for sure, if nothing else, um, and I'm on the board at the American subcontractors association, the local Arizona chapter, the last two years, what's been a major topic of conversation is putting into the subcontracts, the ability to have some sort of contingency, which has always been necessary. Right. But like mm-hmm. being able to say we will, uh, on, you know, there's this contingency plan where if the price of lumber skyrockets, we're able to issue change orders for that. And that that's been known on both sides from the beginning of the project. Right. Yep. So that's huge. I think another thing in that, uh, that we've seen a lot of our contractors doing is buying ahead, mm-hmm. either buying ahead or buying in bulk, whatever of those two ways that they can kind of lock in pricing for themselves at a lower rate. Super, super smart. Oh, do. absolutely. Absolutely. All right, so let's talk about like logistics. Actually, how do you do this? So, what are some tools that you give to your clients when they want to manage their cash flow better?
2: So, one of the first things I do is I do probably the most simple cash flow experience that you can do. I take the P and L and I break it out by month historically, and all of a sudden, the owners can understand at a little bit more detailed level of, oh, this month tends to be like really high income. That's awesome. But the next month is a lot of expenses and no income. They begin to kind of internalize the concept of flow of it going up and down and the concept of time, which probably is more important than flow. So, I mean, you can see flow on your profit and loss statement every month. Yeah. What you can't see in there is the time because your bill was due on a certain day and you can't see that in a one month statement. But um, I just start there. From there, for my own personal practice where I will analyze a company, I start to use apps, yeah, and and they have been game changers. Um, I, when I say uh, a cash flow app, I'm not talking about an app that is going to tell me uh, KPIs or key uh, product or profit indicators, no. I'm not talking about that. You're not just doing so, reporting historically. No, this is not reporting. This yes. is understanding a flow and kind of, you know, managing your bank account. It's truly managing the amount of cash you have in your bank account. And so um, there are a couple apps that can do it on a very detailed level where you can see all your invoices that are getting paid. And on what date and when. And on uh, that will even pull the due dates off your invoices and place that invoice, what, two, three months out when you actually think you're gonna get paid on that invoice, not when you hope to get paid. Right. Two different things. Right. Um and, and then your expenses to actually look at the due dates of your expenses, because if you can wait 10 days to pay one bill and maybe get $30 as a fee
1: yeah.
2: to be able to pay a $1000 out you know what i'm going to wait those 30 days and i'm going to do that instead right um so there are very non fancy ways to begin the process and that's awesome Start there, start there. Choose one little technique, one little thing to start with and and then slowly build and and get an advisor because you really feel a lot more comfortable and certain about doing these techniques when somebody's sitting there saying, yeah, I've done this, you know, 50 times. I'm really kind of certain that this should work.
1: Yeah, I think one of the things that you said, which has been huge, whenever we've tried to work through some of these things with our clients is that visual. And I love what you said, we do profit and loss month over month as well as we're going throughout the year with our clients. Mm-hmm. I think that's, um, it's amazing what a change it makes. Like you just, like you said, if you just look at one month's profit and loss at once, okay, great. We'll just kind of look at the bottom line almost every time everybody's eyes go right to that bottom line, right? Yep. But if you start to look at it month over month, you start to see patterns. And I think those visual patterns make a difference in how we're viewing the cash flow. Just like you said, it's the visual patterns that you see that make you go, wait a minute, let me let me it just it just sort of changes what you're thinking about. It does. It does. And and any other visual. Aids like you said those apps where you can start to see well we know that we have these four invoices out but we also know that historically that general contractor pays in 60 days not 30 or 90 days not. so we can plot this and see it visually on a graph what's when is the cash going to be here versus when does the cash have to go out
2: Mm
1: -hmm. and let the app do the math
2: if you move an expense
1: let the app update the math yeah, less you have to think the better. Yeah, I love that. That's awesome. All right, so uh, let's take a quick break. Let's bring in uh, Joe from Gear Valley Plumbing and let's uh, kind of chat with him about how this actually all works in the real world in their business. We'll be right back.
0: If you would like to share your company or product on the Construction Junction, email hello at theprofitconstructors.com to become a sponsor.
1: All right, welcome back. Uh, once again, we are welcoming Joe Curlin with Deer Valley Plumbing. Thanks for joining us today, Joe.
3: Yeah. thank you.
1: <laughs> Glad you were here. Um, so we chatted in the pre-show, so hopefully folks watched that about your business, but tell us briefly what it is that you guys do at Deer Valley Plumbing.
3: Well, we initially started out as a, a new construction company, doing just strictly new construction commercial work. Uh, we branched off probably about five to eight years later. We had a need of, uh, you know, go back and do warranty type work and things like that. So it kind of was taking my crews off of doing the construction side of it. So we ended up uh, moving into a service uh, orientated uh, portion, started doing that, and that kind of blossomed more and more. and then as that grew, we decided to move into the residential realm in the service and repair side. Um, So we're doing all three of those activities now, kind of breaking it down to three different versions of our our company.
1: So that brings up something really interesting that I want to kind of dive off into. Uh, One of the things that we've talked about with your team for quite some time is that each one of those different divisions that you sort of outlined—the new construction division, the commercial service division, and the residential service division—have different needs, especially in this cash flow arena. Well,
3: yeah. I mean, obviously, the uh, the service and repair side, the cash flow is a lot more quicker turnaround is a lot better. Whereas you were discussing earlier, uh, the uh, cash flow on the uh, uh, construction side can run rarely ever 30 days usually 45 to 90 and yeah. on occasion 120 like you said so yes you know those those needs are are vastly different
1: yeah what uh, do you guys actually have any tools or particular cash flow system that you're using right now for managing cash flow
3: well yeah we uh, thanks to you uh in the past uh we've set up uh the uh, cash flow accounts in our uh, bank accounts, so we have separate accounts in our bank that when we get our profits we move into there we also have a tax uh, for our taxes as well we move that into there on, a, on a, a quarterly basis I believe I'm not the one that handles the books Aubrey does but um, I believe it's on a quarterly basis so that gets moved into those accounts so that those, like you said, are are basically our line of credit internally. We do have lines of credit that we use on externally but actually we haven't used them in quite some time because our that method has worked so well for us. Um, we've been using it. I, I can't remember the last time, actually, that we had to go break into our bank um, uh, line of credit.
1: I'm just going to pat you and I both on the back, Joe, because uh, early last year, we forgot to renew your line of credit. That's how long it had been since we used yeah. it. Neither yeah. You nor the bank noticed it for like three or four months. And all of a sudden, we're all like, no, no, we want the line of credit.
3: <laughs> so we just yeah. forgot about it exactly uh, that it. Is
2: such a great success though that you could forget and it wasn't a problem you never felt it
3: yeah it didn't hit us but uh, the bank called up <laughs> and said hey by the way <laughs> so oh i I,
1: I count that as a big success so what benefits have you guys seen from implementing that system and kind of paying more attention to how cash was flowing in and out
3: well it, takes a lot of headache off of you and you're able to do um doing that you're able to do uh work a lot with um organizing or, or um negotiating with some of your your uh, vendors saying well you if i pay you 10 days you know 10 days into the the month you know, what kind of you know credits back or what kind of, of uh, discounts can i get so we're able to, to work with that a lot better so we're getting better better pricing on one end and we get better pricing on the back end if we pay early nice thing about it is if we think the cash is not there to pay early we don't pay early but for the most part the way this has been operating we've always paid early and been able to take advantage of those those um, discounts
1: yeah I love it because that cash was originally set aside for that You said something that we had that Martha and I hadn't even talked about, which I also like, uh, especially for a business of your size. Um, Right now you guys are setting aside cash for the owner's taxes. Correct. That's being set aside totally in a separate for Owner's taxes, not
2: just in, wow. We're an an S Corp.
3: So we're an S Corp. So, you know, obviously we have to pay individually what the, the company makes. So we uh, set aside that as well. So we're not hit with this gargantuan bill at the end of the year. Right. We're having to do quarterly payments, but uh, that that takes that headache off too. You know, we may not know what that's gonna be at the time, but at least we have, based on previous times, we know what to expect to have in that account. And, and that's what we do with it.
1: Yeah, something that, like I said, Martha, you and I didn't even touch on is the tax man cometh, right? Like there's- oh, yeah. a- him so that's the
3: one that won't let you wait to pay him yeah i was
1: gonna say he doesn't wait (laughs) (laughs) i mean there is bargaining
3: but you hope never to have to get to that point yeah you're usually on the you're usually on the the wrong side of that bargaining chips right
1: right so one of the things that uh i think your team and i've talked about in the past shows that whole adage cash is king How have you kind of seen that hold true over the whole 40 year lifespan of your business, like holding cash to be king?
3: Absolutely. I mean, without it, you're, you're basically (laughs) in trouble. Um, It's worked out really great for us the way we've been doing it. And um, like I said, I don't think I'd do it any other way.
1: Awesome. I love that. What would you, you know, knowing all the things that we know, the ways we have been doing it, And because, like I said, we've been having some conversations. This is one of the reasons I actually brought Martha into the conversation and why she's actually here on the podcast. I think one of the things that um, I know I have, I'm not going to put this on you, Joe, but I have struggled with helping and advising you guys on is I think cash flow runs fairly well where um, I would like to see us be able to make it even better is, and this is where I'm going to kind of bring Martha back into the discussion a little bit, is especially on your new construction projects where, um, you know, there may be project delays. Let's say you guys have signed a contract, we get ready to start. And then the general comes back to you guys and says, oh yeah, but we can't start that for two months. You know, how can we kind of better manage that and prepare for that? So you guys are able to sort of navigate through those, those waters.
3: Well, now it's real difficult because of the, um, price increases and, and material issues uh, we've gotten to a point now when we bid projects you know we we say hey this bid's good for 30 days I can't hold it any longer anything after that all bets are off and and we're not the only ones doing it obviously but uh, we have been able to um know um, where was I with that <laughs> lost my train of thought for a second But we go ahead,
1: I just say, what have you guys been able to do like I know you guys had some uh, not that this might come into play so much going forward, but I know you guys had some projects that got shut down even because of COVID 19 concerns, Mm -hmm. how did that affect cash flow.
3: um it. It depleted it to an extent obviously we have enough in there, we were able to get through it and it a lot of that's happening because not only because of covid but because of the limitations of the other contractors as far as help is concerned so we're basically our our company or the type of work we do we go in for depending on the size of the project of course we go in for a few months do our work and then we go away and then we come back when others have finished their work and continue on and if those others don't do what they're supposed to do. If they get into problems of that, that impacts our bottom line, or and also impacts our timeline, because we have committed to a schedule that says you're going to have this, you're going to be here in this date, and you're going to have this done at this date. And if we're not able to be there on this date or be able to complete the work because people in front of us, that causes a big issue as well. Uh, not only time, because I, as she said before Martha said before labor is the the biggest killer and you can't have guys standing around twiddling their thumbs they got to be productive
1: yeah either you're paying them to twiddle their thumbs or you're not paying them and they're moving on
3: correct you can't afford either one
1: right so Martha when we were talking earlier about that plotting when we're talking about projections this is where this really comes into play for me and that I get a little bit lost in the weeds if we're looking at this and going, okay, we've plotted out, we know that we have these invoices out and we're going to get paid. How do we plot forward for, well, we would like to be issuing an invoice, but that job has been delayed, but we have labor and we have material. Like, how do we kind of look at this from a projection standpoint? What would your thoughts be on that? From from actually moving the projection or providing
2: funds? Um, because you have to move the projection.
1: To actually even see, like, how would we move the projection? Like, one of the pieces we talked about on the projection was that we had an actual invoice out there. How can mm-hmm. we project for? You know, we were preparing work and process reports, but how can we kind of project for work that we thought we were going to be able to complete? We haven't even been able to issue the invoice yet. Is that? Yeah. So,
2: um, this is where I I suggest that there be not just a cash flow uh, application being used, but also a project application um, it, it helps determine and visualize time and, and where and when you're going to need labor and it, it, it you can take that and it's, there are apps that actually do both especially in the uh in the construction industry but if you don't have an app that has both the project and the cash flow in the same app look at the project look at the dates of when it's realistic to start thinking about issuing that invoice and realistic when it's going to get paid. Move that information into your cash flow app and it's not going to be perfect. Nothing is going to be perfect. But I encourage you to put that in there first and review it. Don't walk away from it. It's a living, breathing thing. It gets bigger and it gets smaller in time. So from yesterday to day, you might have to make tweaks. Keep your eye on the bank balances, because that's really critical. That's where your money's coming from. And for those that uh, not you, Joe, because you're doing awesome. But for those that uh, are going to need that line of credit, keep your eye on that line of credit. Mm -hmm. There are techniques for different situations on how to use that line of credit, how to pull all the money out from the line of credit, one full swoop, and how to pay it all back within a certain amount of time. Now, how do you do all that? You get somebody in to take a good, as sometimes I say, a good dental x-ray of your business, to know where you've been, where you are now, and pick your brain, Joe, because you know your business unlike anybody else. And many times I've been told, well, I have it up here. And really, as advisors, what are we doing? You're telling us what you have up here, and we're putting it into a computer or on paper, and then saying, oh. I see a picture now, Mm
1: -hmm.
2: and and that's huge, that's huge.
1: Yeah, I love that. Um, Joe, did you have any other questions that came to mind when Martha and I were talking about cash flow, the things that you would like to know better or areas where you guys think that you could improve?
3: I, I think the only thing that came to mind was, you know, obviously collecting and one of the things we're we've been kicking around we just haven't been able to impl- employ yet or is it wouldn't be so much on the construction side but more on the uh, services side mm-hmm. where we can get our customers you know paying us online you know through our our website um scenario we thought maybe that could help in in increasing that although like i said that's that's pretty good but uh, those are one of the things we were thinking about
1: collections how does collections play into cash flow that's huge that's a huge piece of cash. oh yeah. yeah yeah if you can get them
2: to pay now especially in the service business don't leave that house without a payment yes. you don't leave that house grab that credit card swipe it you now have their number at minimum yeah okay and and hopefully you've had no problem the payment has gone through right and we know credit cards are almost the same thing as cash, that's coming into your bank in approximately two days, usually not longer than that. That is ideal. Don't leave that house before you swipe that card. Now, if you have a whole bunch of invoices that have gone unpaid, first thing you do is make a few phone calls and look at the names of the people that you think that maybe just need a phone call, hit those first. Hit the low-hanging fruit, the easy stuff first. Get that money in. For those that aren't paying and you've called and you've called again and you've emailed and you've sent a letter, it's time to call. Uh, there's a great, great app called Callbox. I don't know if you use it, um, on Tanya, but it's it's wonderful. You actually give your invoices over to this company called Callbox, and they will collect for you. Essentially, they're a collection agency. And they take, I think it's something, I like, don't quote me on this because it may have been changed, but I think it's like 10% or 15% of what they collect. And you get your money back. You haven't wasted per, a person trying to um, make those phone calls, you haven't, uh, you can use that person that would have made the collection phone calls, hopefully on sales calls instead, it, it, it clears up a few of the elements that can create a clog in the flow of your business.
1: That's what, as you were saying all that, Martha, which we haven't ever introduced CallBox to any of our clients, although I've heard great things about it. No, but they're it, good. Like so many of the other things that we've already advised Dear Valley coming on, and that we've done every step of the way. And Joe, correct me if you think I'm wrong about this, but every step of the way, it's been like, okay, this process is improved and it's running really well. Now let's move on to this process. And it's always about a process, right? Right. So mm-hmm. On the collection side, it's like, okay, what is the process? Who's calling? When are they calling? you know, once they're done with the calls, if the calls aren't working, then are they emailing? Like, what is the process? And like, have you guys ever even outlined that as a process on your side?
3: I don't know, because we haven't talked about it. Well, we do, and uh, basically the uh, on the service side, let's put the service side, they, they will run a, uh, a um, uh, accounts receivable uh, report at the end of the month and do that. And then we will assign that to one of the girls in the back to make those phone calls. Uh, as she was saying before call the people say hey where you are you know and and go on through that we haven't had a whole lot of just not paying type of issues mm-hmm. we have had some where we well look you know they were dissatisfied with something and and we okay why don't we give you a credit or next call would be $25 off or something along those lines Something i'm going to get them to open up their wallets and pay us for what we're we're doing but uh, that hasn't been a big issue and it's kind of the same on the construction side um, if we we see um, accounts running out into the over it's usually when it's over 90 days because we know construction is not going to pay in 30 but usually when it gets to that 90 day period when we start calling say hey, what's going on get an ex- explanation from the the uh, contractor as to why they haven't been paid yet and what's the Anticipation of of being paid, so we stay in that uh, lean loop. We don't want to let that get away from us. So. Right.
1: Yeah, and that's another important thing, which uh, you know we hadn't talked about at all either, which is uh, making sure that you're following the laws of your state when it comes to mm. lean. Are you filing preliminary notices timely? Are you, you know, are you collecting and submitting lien waivers both up and down the chain? Like if you're not following all of those processes, that could greatly impact cash flow. We have a client who ended up coming to us because they had not submitted a preliminary lien or excuse me, a preliminary notice on a project. Um, and they ended up having to settle for less than half of what their contract was because they didn't have the lien rights in place.
3: The other thing you want to make sure of is that you update your 20 day preliminary if the say you've done a bunch of Mm -hmm. change orders on the project and it gets beyond I can't remember what the threshold is, but it gets beyond a certain threshold, you have to update that 20 day preliminary to stay uh, current.
1: Yeah, here in the state of Arizona, it used to be 20%, but the legislature just recently changed it to 30%. So if you've gone over 30% above that original contract here in Arizona, then you have to submit a new preliminary notice to everybody. But all of the state's lien laws vary, um, which is why yeah. you know you brought up several apps, uh, Martha. I'm going to throw a plug out there for Level Set too because they're an app that we we introduced to Deer Valley Plumbing that that they use. Um, But they know the laws of the state intimately, and they're very good about keeping you up, you know, everything will change within their app. Like when recently when the um, when that threshold changed, they would still let you create new preliminaries for that 20%. But they also gave you the option to wait and create at the 30% because it was now allowable. So it's great to have those pieces in place where, again, like you don't have to think about it. It just runs through the system and you know that it's happening automatically uh, and that it's happening the right way. Well, awesome. This has been a fantastic conversation. Thank you, Martha. And thank you, Joe, for joining us today. Uh, Any last words you want to throw out there, Martha, about better cash flow practices or how people can find out more? Uh, Well,
2: um, my business is Yasso Bookkeeping Solutions. So if you want to talk cash flow, go ahead and Google uh, www.yasobooks.com. Um, and my little piece of advice, you don't have to jump into it with both feet, but start small and start. Do one small thing. And really this one small thing, start by looking at that 12 month P&L,
1: broken down by month. Yep. Just yep. run that report. I think that's great advice. All right, thank you guys so much. Have a great rest of your day. Thanks, Joe. Thanks, Daniel. Thanks,
0: guys. Thank you for tuning in to Construction Junction. To find out more about the junction between accounting and construction, please email hello at theprofitconstructors.com.